Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this Thursday after Ash Wednesday, the 15th of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Easter. Today we commemorate Philemon and Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave owned by Philemon, who ran away from his master. Somehow, Onesimus came into contact with Paul while Paul was in prison. At the urging of Paul and with an accompanying letter, Onesimus returned to his master. In his letter, Paul urged Philemon to receive Onesimus as a beloved brother, instead of as a runaway slave, as one might expect. However, Paul also notably did not command or ask Philemon to free Onesimus. Our readings for today are Psalm 8, Psalm 128, Psalm 32, Genesis starting with chapter 1, verse 20, and reading through chapter 2, verse 3, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 28, and paragraphs 1 through 8 of the Comprehensive Summary, Foundation, Rule, and Norm of the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the Eighth Psalm. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the seas, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 128th Psalm. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's third reading from the Psalter is the 32nd Psalm. 
Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Genesis, and we will be reading from verse 20 of the first chapter through verse 3 of the second chapter. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, 
the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Mark, and we will be reading the first chapter, verses 14 through 28. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat, with the hired servants, and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord, and we will be reading the Comprehensive Summary, Foundation, Rule, and Norm, paragraphs 1 through 8. The Comprehensive Summary, Foundation, Rule, and Norm, by which all dogmas should be judged according to God's Word, and the controversies that have arisen should be explained and decided in a Christian way for thorough, permanent unity in the Church. It is necessary, above all things, that we have a comprehensive, unanimously approved summary and form of teaching. The common doctrine must be brought together from God's Word and reduced to a small circle of teaching, which the churches that are of the true Christian religion must confess. They must do this just as the ancient Church always had its fixed symbols for this use. Furthermore, this should not be based on private writings, but on the kind of books that have been composed, approved, and received in the name of the churches that pledge themselves to one doctrine and religion. Therefore, we have declared to one another with heart and mouth that we will not make or receive a separate or new confession of our faith. Instead, we will confess the public common writings, which always and everywhere were held and used as such symbols or common confessions 
in all the churches of the Augsburg Confession, before the disagreements arose among those who accept the Augsburg Confession. We will confess them, as long as there are on all sides, in all articles, a unanimous adherence to, and maintenance and use of, the pure doctrine of the divine word, as the sainted Dr. Luther explained it. First, we receive and embrace with our whole heart the prophetic and apostolic scriptures of the Old and New Testaments as the pure, clear foundation of Israel. They are the only true standard or norm by which all teachers and doctrines are to be judged. In ancient times, the true Christian doctrine, in a pure, sound sense, was collected from God's word into brief articles or chapters against the corruption of heretics. Therefore we confess, in the second place, the three ecumenical creeds, the Apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian. They are glorious confessions of the faith, brief, devout, and founded on God's word. All the heresies that had at that time arisen in the Christian church are clearly and irrefutably answered by these creeds. In the third place, in these last times, by special grace, God has brought the truth of his word to light again from the darkness of the papacy, through the faithful service of the precious man of God, Dr. Luther. According to the word of God, this doctrine has been collected from it into the articles and chapters of the Augsburg Confession, against the corruptions of the papacy and other sects. Therefore, we also confess the first, unaltered Augsburg Confession, as our symbol for this time. This is not because it was written by our theologians. We confess it because it has been taken from God's word, and well-founded firmly in the word of God. We confess it precisely in the form in which it was committed to writing, in the year 1530, and presented to Emperor Charles V at Augsburg, by some Christian electors, princes, and estates of the Roman Empire, as a common confession of the Reformed churches. By this confession, our Reformed churches are distinguished from a. the Papists, and b. other rejected and condemned sects and heresies. This follows the custom and usage of the early church just as later councils, Christian bishops, and teachers appealed to the Nicene Creed and confessed it. In the fourth place, an extensive apology was composed, published, and printed in 1531, regarding the proper and true sense of the oft-quoted Augsburg Confession. This was done after the Confession's presentation, so that we might explain ourselves at greater length and guard against the Papists. This was also done so that condemned errors might not sneak into God's church under the Augsburg Confession's name, or dare to seek cover under it. We unanimously confess this apology also. Not only is the Augsburg Confession explained by the apology, as much as is necessary and guarded, but it is also proven by clear, irrefutable testimonies of Holy Scripture. In the fifth place, we also confess the articles composed approved and received at Smallcald, in the great assembly of theologians, in the year 1537. We confess them, as they were first framed and printed, in order to be delivered in the council at Mantua, or wherever it would be held, in the name of the estates, electors, and princes. They confessed it as an explanation of the above-mentioned Augsburg Confession, in which, by God's grace, they were resolved to abide. In the Smallcald Articles, the Augsburg Confession's doctrine is repeated, and some articles are explained at greater length from God's Word. Besides this, the cause and reasons are indicated, as far as necessary, why we have abandoned the papistic errors and idolatries, 
and can have no fellowship with them. They also explain why we do not know, and cannot think of, a way for coming to any agreement with the Pope on these points. In the sixth place, these highly important matters also concern the common people and laymen. Because they are Christians, they must distinguish between pure and false doctrine for their salvation. Therefore we also confess the small and the large catechisms of Dr. Luther, as they were written by him and included in his works. They have been unanimously approved and received by all churches holding to the Augsburg Confession, and have been publicly used in churches, schools, and in homes. Furthermore, the Christian doctrine from God's Word is put together in them, in the most correct and simple way and explained, as far as is necessary for simple lay people. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whatever calling has been given you, or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.